Welcome back to In The Queue. I am your host, Andrew, and I can remember watching the original 21 Jump Street as a kid, and that was before I knew who Johnny Depp was. That was before ever anybody knew who Johnny Depp was, really. I'm Phil, your other co-host, and I too used to watch the original show, and I can't quite see how it spawned this film that we're about to review. <laughs> but uh, I yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, yeah, and um, this should be an interesting discussion. Yeah, we're going to talk today about the movie Twenty One Jump Street, the hit comedy from a couple years back. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, well, it should be said that this is a listener request. Uh, from Katie, a frequent mm. uh, guest on our show. Uh, say hi, Katie. Hi. Maybe a little too frequently. Nah. <laughs> Nonsense. We're we're getting down to the end of your suggestions, though. We had a big stockpile for a while, and yeah. we're getting down to the end of them. Um, but before we talk about the movie itself, we are going to tell you how to find us on the web. First, you can go to our website. That is www.inthequ. That's in dash the dash q. That's the letter q. dot com. There you can find everything that we post, meaning all of our episodes and the little summaries that go along with them. And you can uh, download them, or you can listen to them right there on the website. You can also leave us suggestions, like Katie has done. You can leave those right in the comment section on any episode of our our uh, podcast. And we will talk to you about the film. We'll have you on the show, and we will talk about the film that you have requested of us. It can be something you love, something you hate, something you are completely indifferent to. We just ask that you request it. Secondly, you can find us on Facebook. This is another good place to request films. And you can find our page at In The Queue, Q-U-E-U-E, Film Conversations with Andrew and Phil. And if you like our page, your news feed will be peppered with our episodes and the sometimes humorous sometimes in informative sometimes sometimes tr- just tragic sometimes tragic yeah addendums that we tend to post to the the episodes that we'll post um on any given episode 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 i'll say it three more times episode episode i think, episode. I think you just summoned candy man <laughs> <laughs> oh no uh, I don't have to worry about it. I'm not in the Marcy Projects. Is it the Marcy Projects? No, it's Caprini Green. Episode, episode, episode. Because Marcy Projects are here in New York. Caprini Green was in uh, Cabrini Green. Anyway. You have you have wowed <laughs> us with your nerdiness. It's Chicago. It's a Chicago movie. It's a very Chicago movie. Virginia Manson, whole nine yards. Um Finally, you can find us on iTunes. Uh, you can subscribe to our podcast by searching for In The Queue, Q-U-E-U-E, Film Conversations with Andrew and Phil. And there you can subscribe and get every single episode just beamed in the format of ones and zeros mm-hmm. to whatever magical computing device you may have. Well put. Yeah. So, 21 Jump Street is the movie that we're going to be talking about today. But before I give you a summary of the film itself... Katie, tell us why you recommended this film for us. So this movie was recommended to me by my now roommate, Catherine, who at the time lived far away in Korea. And Mm -hmm. um, she kept telling me I had to watch this movie. And I sort of didn't believe her at all because it looked really dumb to me, as many reboots do. Um, And so I finally watched it. And then I went through this period of time 
there was probably like two months where I watched this movie every day and I laughed out loud <laughs> every single time that I watched it. Wow. It's, wow. it's like, besides City Slickers, for me, it's like the most quotable movie that I know. And I quote it pretty much at least once every day in my life. <laughs> wow. That is yeah. impressive. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the film is loosely, as Phil kind of intimated in his <laughs> intro, <laughs> kind of loosely based on the dramatic teen cop show from the 80s. Well, I guess they weren't really teens. They were... They had to be, <laughs> they had to be young adults to be cops, right? I mean, at least they 21. Were... Mm-hmm. No, I think I think some of them. Were. Well, anyway, the conceit of that show was that <laughs> a bunch of young people were infiltrating school uh, to sort of uncover the nefarious wrongdoings by posing as high schoolers. So it was kind of a high school drama, and it was kind of a cop drama, and it was a very serious show for the most part. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't a a comedy by any stretch stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. This film is an out and out comedy and it uses the conceit of that film or of the television show to build the sort of rough framework for this film but it really has its tongue firmly planted in its cheek and it never quite takes that conceit seriously (laughs) uh and kind of plays with the idea of the fact that these that 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 it even was a concept it's a very meta film i feel like Mm -hmm. um at times yeah definitely at times, yeah, without quite, especially when it gets towards the end, uh, and we may talk about that in a little bit. But um, essentially, the way that it works is Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum are the stars of this film, and in high school, as you might expect, Jonah Hill was kind of a nerd. He was picked on. He was a dork. Uh, had an obsession with Eminem, apparently. <laughs> uh, And Channing Tatum, of course, was a jock and was super popular and, you know, all that kind of stuff. This is handled very uh, sort of economically in some exposition at the beginning of the film. And uh, then they both, for whatever reason, go to police academy together and sort of decide that, you know, each of them has strengths that the other one is lacking and they become best buddies and decide that they're going to kick some butt out there in the wide world. And they kind of, they get, they get appointed as bike cops in the park uh, where there isn't a whole lot of action. And they're pretty convinced that they were going to be just like kicking ass and taking names all day long. And they kind of mess up a drug bust in the park and get assigned to this 21 Jump Street detail, which is kind of the thing that it seems like none of the cops really want to be assigned to, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so they're, they're kind of the delinquents and Ice Cube is their captain, the captain of, of 21 Jump Street. <laughs> and he he, uh, he he actually, it made me laugh. There was like a, a line that he, one of the first lines he had, he was like, I'm, I know that I may appear to be the angry, angry black man stereotype, but I am, you know, I, I am a black man and I am the captain and occasionally I do feel angry. <laughs> um, 
and he's the one who sort of you know is the irascible captain. Again, it is a stereotype. It's a it's a character type that we've seen, an archetype that we've seen a million times in these kinds of movies. And so the rest of the movie just kind of plays kind of plays out as a buddy cop flick that is very self aware. They're trying to bust up a, a a new drug that's hit the the schools, and uh, in order to do so, have to insinuate themselves into the lives of teenagers and what ends up happening is Jonah Hill's character is now the popular person because the the there's been a sea change in the way that what people think is cool and uh, Channing Tatum's character is unpopular and it's only exacerbated by the fact that they can't remember who each other are uh, in, in their assignments so they end up getting put in Channing Tatum gets put in all the science classes and uh, Jonah Hill gets put in all the drama classes and sports programs which makes for a lot of really funny slapstick and comedy and etc etc um, but I think I've said enough about the plot what did you guys think or what did you think Phil about the film itself <clears throat> Well, I, I was I think the only one of you who uh, was seeing this film for the first time. This was my first time, actually. Really? I had not seen oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, um, really? Then I would I would ask yeah. you the same question, Andrew. Of course, after I speak, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I uh, I gotta confess, I thought it was really funny. I thought it was consistently like every line was a joke. It was really rapid fire humor and and. Were the pace to lag at all? I might have thought this was really stupid, and parts were really stupid. But a lot of it, I guess I was in the right frame of mind. I thought that it was it was so swift, and it just kept going, like joke after joke after joke. And, and just when situations would seem to be, you know, kind of wearing thin, boom, another variable is introduced, and, and the plot moves further the plots advanced and uh i thought it was funny the, the only thing about jonah hill though is he kind of he seems to be doing the same kind of humor throughout the whole movie mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. where his he kind of like he starts to talk and then he overthinks what he says because he's nervous and, and anxious and then he re- reiterates what he just said because you know because he's a guy who says things and uh guys should be saying things you know because that's what i'm saying like i thought that he <laughs> To put it mildly, like I, he, he was a little bit, um, I don't know, he could have varied his palette, his bag of tricks a little bit more, I thought. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the argument could probably be made that he has spent most of his comedic <laughs> career doing, <laughs> doing exactly the that. same thing. kind of comedy in every movie. Yes, and yet he still has more Oscar nominations than Gary Oldman. <laughs> oh, that's a sad or, truth. Or Peter O'Toole. Or not nom- he has nominations, <laughs> but not wins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I would uh, agree with that, or I, I, would, I would feel more strongly about that if it weren't for the fact that I think that it's very well suited to this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it, there's just a kind of uh, sort of freewheeling style that this film has, that, that f- it just works his particular brand of comedy works so well in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have to say, I was quite impressed by how funny Channing Tatum was. Oh, he's, he's the man. Like, he's like, 
I, I liked him in Foxcatcher. I was like, oh, this guy can actually do dramatic work. And, like, he can really do comedic work, too. I mean, he's, like, he's my main man right now. Yeah, he was he was really quite impressive. Well, and it's funny that you guys watched this for the first time for this podcast. Because I, when I first watched this, I didn't know who Channing Tatum was. Except that he was, like, the hot guy from Step Up. And it was, like, yeah, right yeah. before, when I first watched, saw this, it was, like, right before Magic Mike was about to come out. And so... I was like, oh, who's this, like, hot guy that thinks he can do comedy? And then, like, it was, he was so funny and just, like, very believable. And um, I think there's, like, a scene when he's trying to do a wiretap with, like, the nerd kids that are now his friends. His whole relationship (laughs) with the nerdy kids in this movie is just, like, is hysterical. Like, just everything. And that he still has a childlike mind, basically. And um, there's a part where they're like, hey, uh, actually, we were going to put a whole bunch of chemicals in these bottles and then go outside and see what blows up. Uh, is there any reason that we have to do this today? And he's, like, swinging by his arms, and he's just like, not that I can think of that makes sense. And just, yeah, like, yeah. Every, I just, everything he says is gold. He, and, then, and then when they actually go out there and start blowing things up, he's like, this is awesome. This is what this you is do so all day? Cool. He, he, also, he also fills a sort of a space in the film for really good physical comedy too he's extremely athletic when he when he stumbles into the band room when 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 they get high on the drug and he stumbles into the band room and then he jumps through the the gong gong. and he goes fuck you miles davis and then he jumps through the gong i the first that was good like i was just dying laughing and then the whole part with jonah hill too in that scene when he's supposed to be running the relay and then he starts he doesn't pass off the baton and then he starts hitting the batons out of the hands of the other yeah 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 (laughs) just that whole segment of them going through like being on the drug is also hilarious yeah i mean i think i feel like go ahead i was just gonna say i feel like it's almost hard to talk about this movie because basically every everything you're going to end with is it was hilarious because it's right. just it's like you said Phil it's just kind of nonstop. I'm also very pleasantly surprised that you liked this movie cuz I was kind of worried that you wouldn't. But rewatch <laughs> like when I was rewatching it I was like the first probably like 45 minutes of this movie are just like comedy gold. Like almost every single line is quotable or something and there's actually a line that Nick Offerman says in the very beginning of the movie <laughs> that when I was rewatching it made me laugh out loud thinking about Andrew because he says <laughs> basically that the people in charge lack creativity and are all out of ideas so they've just started recycling shit from the past yes. and hoping we don't yeah. notice and I was like oh that's Andrew about every movie that's coming out in the next five years <laughs> that was a very meta <laughs> line talk about meta lines yeah. that one in particular yeah. stood out <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is kind of like a a fun genre that gets you know overused a lot. But the idea that back to school movie, you know, like where older people go back to high school and try and and redo things that they didn't get right the first time in some way, and and in in this case, like because it's a clever script and the acting is really good, uh, I enjoyed it more than I would you know like. Um, the to-do list or the duff. Yeah. <laughs> but um, this is also, interestingly, you, you mentioned the, the relay race with Jonah Hill. Poor <laughs> Jonah Hill is kind of, he's, he's really like, his physique has really fluctuated over the years. Like, 
he made a he was really big in Moneyball, and then he lost a bunch of weight, I think. Because when I was looking at him in this film, I was like, wow, I didn't know Jonah Hill was this skinny. And uh, but then he kind of gained it all back again later, and when he yeah well, he he well, got he really has, skinny for a very short while, and then he was back. Yeah. yeah, well, and he has like what we ladies call perpetual fat face. So like, unless you see <laughs> him in a shot like that, that, you don't realize how skinny he is. Yeah, uh, I mean, I right. guess other people say it too, but I feel like it's a lady term. Um, but yeah, he just, I, I just feel like he's one of those people where I'm like, it's okay, Jonah Hill, just be chubby. Like we can be cool with that. Like just, just you do you and Mm -hmm. don't try so hard. But, um, I think part of, I think part of why this movie like really appealed to me too, is that they're my age. Like their, their whole senior year of high school is the year that I graduated high school. And the whole like right, idea right. of well, and I had like a super weird backwards high school experience because I went to an arts boarding school and I was actually like weirdly popular. Not to brag, humble brag. Sorry, um, <laughs> I was just like, popular, not weirdly popular. <laughs> I was like weird popular. I had somebody ask me if I was prom queen a couple like a couple years ago, and I was like, we didn't have prom queen because we went to weird arts high school, and they were like, well, you would have been prom, you would have been prom queen. That's what I was told, which is. Yep, yep. The greatest honor. Um, but I, so it was interesting being like having the same thoughts where if I had gone to like the high school in my hometown, I could totally get wanting to go back and, you know, having that like, if I could go back in time, knowing what I know now and, you know, kind of redo it. Yeah, and having that second chance and like, especially Jonah Hill's whole relationship with, um, it's Brie Larson, right? Is that her name? Brie Larson, yeah. yeah. Yes, who is. God, I love her. She's delightful. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's, yeah, I think that's part of why it appealed to me too. It was sort of the one of the first movies I'd seen that was like specifically about like my demographic of age group and sort of like, you know, kind of finding right. yourself and figuring the out. The people and it's who also... were in high school when uh, uh, Slim Shady was at his height, right? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yes. I know and all the... the words to that song, by the way, too. Oh, of course. The yeah. whole, I do too. When uh, when when Tatum and uh, and Hill you know go to the high school for the first time and and Chan Tatum is kind of like breaking it down about like, the different groups of people that are in the high school, mm-hmm. like the different types of crowds, and then yes. it turns out that the the bad guys are like the the most sensible crowd, really the most kind of yes. I mean, I mean they just sort of like they care about like, the environment weird or they granola. To, and um, like weird crunchy granola he, he he punches the one kid in the face and he's like we're gonna turn <laughs> off all this gay, gay music he's like, did you, you punch, punch me because, because i'm gay, gay? <laughs> <laughs> that's not cool and he says it would have been homophobic if he hadn't punched him <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know and i think that's definitely true too that like sometimes like i it's getting to a point with like younger people where I'm getting to that age where I feel like I just don't understand things. And I feel like that first shot of them, that first shot of them walking into the school where they're like, okay, those are the goths and those are the nerds. And then it shows like the hipsters and like, I like chuckled at it because I was like, oh, those are hipsters. And then it showed a group of Asian girls that I don't, are they like, are they like, what? I don't, I still don't know what that is. And they're like, what the fuck are those things? (laughs) <laughs> those are the the cider girls that andrew likes to listen to right that's right cider cider yeah cider girls tempura kids what 
Just look it up. Tempura Kids. Cider, cider. You okay. will thank me later. <laughs> I also wanted to mention real quick, guys, the supporting cast for this movie. Like, I think that they're really, for the most part, quite excellent, but especially Rob Riggle. <laughs> Rob Riggle in this is so funny. Yeah. He is so funny. The first, <laughs> the first time they encounter him in the, like, outside the, the school, uh, his whole the whole bit where he's like man you got a lot of muscle definition what do you hit puberty like seven or something <laughs> that whole bit and then he then he fake fake punches Jonah Hill I know when he's like don't <laughs> like, raise your hand to me out. son I take that as a threat <laughs> His whole, his whole like hatred of Jonah Hill, like his disgust with him. Oh, it's so great! It's so good. And like when they're starting to trip on the drugs, and there's the shot of just Channing Tatum's face, and he's blowing air at Rob Riggle, but it sounds like a foghorn. He's like, "Don't blow on me, yeah, (laughs) yeah." (laughs) Did you hear that Rob Riggle was in the Marines? Yeah, that that's what I I always think of when I see him. I'm like, he's like. He looks like he was in the room. Oh, yeah, he's, he's like huge. a tank. Like a football he's coach. Built. Yeah, man. But uh yeah. yeah. He's he was on uh he was on SNL for actually. Did you guys know that? I didn't know that. When was he on SNL? Rob Riggle was on SNL for a few years, like back in the early to mid two thousands. That's kind um, of where I first encountered him. Well, I of course remember him as a uh, correspondent on the Daily yeah, Show. Yeah, I think this was even before the Daily Show that he was on SNL. But yeah, uh, yeah he wouldn't be. Surprised. He's got his like. I wonder about like, based on this movie, I wonder who is Rob Riggle in real life. You know, like yeah, <laughs> how much well, and this... him and Step Brothers too. He plays like yeah. this almost same kind of like bullying character in Step Brothers. Yeah, I never saw Step Brothers. Should it, should I don't know that you would other... like it. It's also one of my favorite. It's also one of my favorite <laughs> movies. Well, maybe you should request but it. It's a movie I did not out. like. On maybe I will. I didn't like it the first time I watched it, but it has grown on me immensely. Oh. Can we also talk about Ellie Kemper for a sec? Yes, we can. Sure. Um, she she has some of my favorite lines in the entire movie. Her whole, the whole thing when she's like, okay, and then it's time for a pop quiz nose. And like Channing, she's a teacher at the school that um, Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill are at. And she's a chemistry, chemistry teacher. teacher. And, um, and Channing Tatum like, is like, wait, what's a pop quiz nose? And she looks at him and loses all train of thought. And her, I'm so, I'm sorry. Who, who are you? What's your name? <laughs> And then she just gets like is just gratuitously inappropriate with him from the first. Flustered. She gets very flustered. There's a, actually there's a yes. funny there's a funny like non joke actually about their Channing Tatum and Ellie Camper in this movie because earlier in the film when Ice Cube is setting up the, the rules for their undercover assignment, he's like, You can't have sex <laughs> with a teacher. You just can't sleep with a teacher. And then as soon as like they're Tatum and Kemper meet for the first time and Ellie Kemper's like clearly interested in him. I was thinking, oh no, I know where this movie's gonna go. But it never quite goes there. It just it no. doesn't it doesn't even get no. into that because it's that territory is probably a little bit too predictable. But they just kind of hint at it. Yeah. Which I appreciate. Yeah. yeah. Well there's actually if you watch the credits, there is a scene hidden in the credits of Channing Tatum and Ellie Kemper having sex. 
And she oh, says, yes, you're yeah. like two Hardy Boys in one. <laughs> yeah. How did I miss that? But, well, but you skip the credits more than any. I would play. never expect you to skip. No, the you credits. know what, though? I, I knew you were going to say that, Andrew. And so when I was watching <laughs> this movie on Amazon Instant, I, um, mm-hmm. I was running out of time. So I finished the film and then I skipped to the end of the credits to think, oh, if there's a funny scene, you know, it's going to be at the very end of the credits. But there was, no, there was like, no funny scene. There's to like told. a ton of funny stuff, like right at the start of the credits. It's like three minutes yeah. of funny stuff at the beginning of the credits. Well, I don't know if that's a different version from the one that I saw because. Well, I saw it on Amazon Instant, so I don't know how it could be a different version. There was a bunch of weird <laughs> stuff. Like it wasn't funny stuff. It was just like a montage of. But, no, stuff. it would do that montage. And then it would stop on a, a brief scene, and then it would do more of the montage, yeah. and stop on a brief scene, and do more of the montage. Mm. I bet I bet you saw four things in the montage and gave up on it. Hey man, give me some credit. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I refuse to give you credit. You you always miss the credit it's stuff. Good hey, stuff in the it's credits. It's been a busy day. What can I say? You know, I mean, like I didn't have time to parse through every single credit. <laughs> Oh, man, that extra, like, five minutes would kill you. Yeah, it would, actually, because, you know, I got things things to do, places to see. Uh-huh, sure. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time Unbreakable. for that. Unbreakable. Well, I... <laughs> They're alive, <laughs> damn it. It's a miracle. Damn it. It's a miracle. Unbreakable. <laughs> oh. <laughs> In case anybody out there is wondering, that's uh, Ellie Kemper is, of course, the star of the new Netflix series, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And that is the theme song, the very catchy earworm of a theme song. It's auto-tuned, right? The the Gregory Brothers. It's wonderful. Indeed. Well, I enjoyed this film. I have to admit, much more than I thought I was going to. Mm -hmm. Um, Even even though a lot of people... (laughs) A lot of people really recommended this film that I whose opinions I trust I still sort of was like well, I don't know but uh, it turned out to be quite wonderful I thought it's a lot of fun it's silly it's goofy uh, the performances are really good comedic performances the timing is really great it's a, it's a fun movie I would recommend anybody go see it I think it's really a lot of fun uh, I would also actually yeah I yeah. think it's while it's not uh, from the Criterion Collection which <laughs> Normally are the only movies I watch, <laughs> Katie. <laughs> Do you skip the credits Classic on those too? <laughs> I only watch movies that don't have credits. You. No, I'm not offended. <laughs> the best movies have no credits. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Ooh, or the credits at the front of the movie and then just a, a title card that says Fan at the end. Did Ingmar Bergman put bloopers at the end of the seventh seal? <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, not the cut. I watched it on Amazon Instant, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> yes, at the end of the seventh seal, the I don't even, does the knight, like, win at the end of the seventh seal? I don't even remember. No, they're, they're all, well, no, death always wins, and death leads the procession of people across the horizon. They're dancing with silhouetted against the... The night sky. Of course, the beautiful shot. And then in the in the bloopers, the yeah. knight actually wins, and and the knight has to... The night, the night leads death in shackles on a death march. Yeah, he's like, shock, <laughs> shock, mutt. Um, no, but I, I, I would recommend Twenty One Jump Street too. I think it was funny. It's, 
you know, the jokes come so fast, you don't have time to stop and think, really. And that's what makes you enjoy it. That's what makes you enjoy the experience because it's well acted and it's well, it's humorously written and, and executed. So I think anybody would like it, basically. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. So thank you, Katie, very much. Uh, thanks for recommending it. And You're thanks welcome. for. I'll keep, uh, I'll keep up the good work. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Dude. Well, we're run- we only have one more movie from you, so what's the last? Better get some more suggestions. Oh, yeah. in. What's the last movie? Oh, uh, Stranger, Stranger than, than Fiction. Fiction. Oh yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Which, Phil, you haven't seen, right? No, I haven't seen it. Neither have I. Actually, I haven't seen that one either. Really? Where? Why? How am I seeing all these movies that y'all haven't seen? Clearly, they're not you're the in ones, the Criterion the Collection. <laughs> Well, I you're, you're picking all the right stuff. That's right. Will Ferrell is uh, a lowbrow actor. But speaking of the Criterion Collection, uh. our <laughs> because I am not unable to go see new releases at this present state, we've been doing Criterion Collection releases for the last couple of weeks uh, in place of new releases. And this ne- upcoming episode, we're going to be talking about the Ingmar Bergman film. Persona, That's right. Uh, one of his most often uh, parodied films, or at least the style from that film is the one that is most often associated with Bergman, I think. Uh, I think that's... I can get behind that statement. I think it's a little bit... It's definitely competing with The Seventh Seal for what is the classic Bergman sort of... Well, I think, you know. I think stylistically, when people mention Bergman and they... When they rip it off and they give you shots of like people looking into the camera with their head on one side and a white background on the left side and mm-hmm. you know speaking inner monologues and all that kind of stuff, that is definitely not the Seventh Seal. The Seventh Seal is more or less a narrative, mm-hmm. uh, a straightforward narrative. Persona is a little more fragmented. Yeah, we actually studied the beginning of Persona in grad school because the beginning is a very surreal mind-boggling yeah. uh, sequence of, of seemingly unrelated images and sounds. Um, but yeah. it's, yeah, I'm looking forward to that episode, actually. Yeah, we'll be talking about that mind-boggling stuff uh, when that episode comes up, which will be next. So tune in then. Thanks again, Katie, for suggesting 21 Jump Street to us. And we'll see you all next time.